0: It's Friday, it's the something February
1: two thousand
0: fifteen
1: It's Friday, and this is the
0: Rainbow Trumps <laughs> podcast.
1: It's Friday now, but I'm gonna release it and edit it in about six months, something like that.
0: You're addressing the future, I'm addressing the
1: future,
0: yeah, you're sending a message into the future now.
1: how much I care?
0: Can somebody send me back the lottery numbers? It doesn't really work
1: like that. Sure it does. That's always one of those fallacies, isn't it? Where the reason why travelling back in time is impossible is because where all the time travel is.
0: Yeah, apparently Stephen Hawking had a time travellers party that he he advertised (laughs) the day after.
1: Yeah, I think a couple of people have done that set of experiments where it's like, right, if someone's going to travel back in time, they have to travel back in time now. That means it's possible.
0: But everyone knows that there's just a secret time travelers guild who know not to give the game away.
1: Have you invented that? Or is it from something? Uh, no, I just made that up. Oh, okay.
0: But that's the, that's the only explanation, of course.
1: Right. So, I'm Fiona. I'm Mark. Are you? I am, yeah. Okay. No, I actually am. The cat's not here right now, for once. She's not annoying the recording with her really loud purrs.
0: She had other business to attend to. Yeah. yeah,
1: we're pooping in the bathroom.
0: She's got her own podcast. <laughs> the, the Chips podcast. With
1: this tiny little microphone. <laughs> oh, God. See, I, I have this theory... Oh, she's coming down. I've got this theory where you can add the word cat to literally any word, any noun in existence, and it becomes cute, regardless yeah, it, of what the it name is. It makes it
0: at least 15 to 16% cuter. Mm-hmm.
1: that's quantifiable and truth so cat microphone cat cast cat podcast oh yeah just imagine a cat podcast all the little cats sitting around the little cat podcasting table with their little cat microphones all talking about all the little cat issues of the day (laughs) see just add the word cat to anything and it works (laughs) approval
0: what what are the current cat issues
1: how much she's being picked up on the microphone right now? Those pears. She's getting fat. She's eating too she's, much. No, she's eating too much of my food. Right, okay. Big difference. See,
0: see how this works. So you're putting the food out, but it's because she's choosing to eat yeah, it. Yeah,
1: she shouldn't put it in her mouth. Right. She needs to learn.
0: Yeah, I think you need to uh, teach her more about nutrition and eating healthily.
1: Let's just teach her about the concept of not eating.
0: Mm. I don't think such a concept exists in her head. So what are we talking about, then?
1: So I, I went to Argos recently.
0: Argos, you say? What happened to Argos? What's Argos? What
1: happened to... Okay, so Argos, for people who aren't in the United Kingdom... Everyone's in the United Kingdom, Who guess. Go on. No, okay, it's a shop of sorts. It's like... It's like in-person mail order. It's a
0: catalog store.
1: It's a catalog store. I like it. I think of it as in-person mail order. You look at the catalog in the shop. You order it in the shop and then you wait around in the shop and then they run through their little warehouse in the back and yeah, they the, deliver it to the front. The of shop house. is
0: essentially like the front end of just a massive warehouse.
1: Yeah, exactly. I
0: like to imagine that it goes 50 to 60 stories <laughs> deep into the into the core of the earth and it is just Filled with aisle upon aisle of every kind of item you could ever want.
1: Well, interesting. Every
0: piece of consumer electronics. When I was younger. Every piece of furniture.
1: When I was younger, I actually. Human organs. Shake face. <laughs> I actually did an interview at Argos when I was little. And as part of it. Are we talking
0: like a job interview? Yes. Or were you like a celebrity being interviewed by Argos? for some reason. That was a dream. Okay, right. Okay,
1: so, yes, it was a job interview of sorts, and that's how the job interview worked, is they um, got you to do Argos things, so they got you to pick stuff, so they showed you how the system works. so I know exactly how the Argos system works, at least about a decade ago, but I don't think it's much different any- now anyway. You know so- they've got
0: teleporters and stuff now.
1: Oh, yeah, have but- they? So, they showed me how the Argos system worked. And they made you run around and pick stuff, and then they also showed you how the tills worked, and then you did the till. And <laughs> I didn't get the job. I think because I was really shit at the tills. Then.
0: This is this is where you type the numbers in.
1: Yeah, that's where you type the numbers in. How what? were you
0: shit at the tills? How is How is that possible?
1: Um, I was really, really shy. I think I think that's what really put them off.
0: You were you were too shy too, to too... ask the customer for the money. It's too timid. You just, you just let them. You let them walk <laughs> off because it was less socially yeah. awkward.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, one thing I did find out when I was in this job interview is that they have this, or at least in this Argos, I know that some Argos are different, but at least in this one, there was essentially a conveyor belt that ran from the warehouse to the front bit, because it was separated by quite a large area. Okay. And this conveyor belt had an incline to it. And the warehouse was at the top, and the shop was at the bottom.
0: Right. Okay.
1: And they throw items down that conveyor belt. Right. Which is really so, good.
0: Your brand new plasma screen that you've just paid good money for. Whee! They're booting it down a, I'm not, a, a slope.
1: I'm not kidding, they did it. They, they, they were just like, oh yeah, and then you put it on the conveyor belt and then just chucked it. And I was like, okay, i <laughs> never going to shop here again. Sure.
0: I, I imagine it's a lot like a, like an airport baggage thing back there. I imagine the same thing happens in airports, where people just kick your stuff around. Oh, it does.
1: It actually does, quite famously.
0: Mm. There must be, like, a whole... I imagine they've got, like, a big, like, ski slope, and people are, like, surfing down down the slopes on on your stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm imagining them, like... There's, like, a giant
0: trebuchet where they can launch stuff at a wall.
1: When they're sitting on... When there's little bags with wheels on. They just kind of yeah, you're riding them around like little baggage ponies.
0: Yeah, jousting with your your brand new snooker cues.
1: This is the new version of joust. Yeah.
0: Okay. So once they've done once they've had the fun then they bring it to the the little like the holding shelf behind the counter, then what happens?
1: Oh and then you get it. Okay. <laughs> fucked <on> that, <laughs> that was anticlimactic. Yeah. No no it's just it's just that they mishandle your stuff behind closed doors, that's all.
0: Okay, okay. And you have first hand.
1: But, but you, you're describing it as like this enormous black hole warehouse with, of infinite aisles. Mm. It really is. Like. (laughs) Oh, okay. Like. (laughs) That was a lucky guess. (laughs) I know, right? So when, when you're at the front of an Argos, it seems quite small and you sit there and realize. It's like the TARDIS. you, You sit there and think of how you can pick almost anything in this monolithic, enormous catalog that has thousands upon thousands of items in and think how can the warehouse be big enough to accommodate this but it is mm. it's huge and like i don't think you really realize how big warehouses are until you're in them and they just go on forever i was thinking the other day about how much space is taken up by roads and how if you're a pedestrian who doesn't drive like eighty percent of the outside is roads. Oh, yeah, and definitely, it's, like, it's like definitely in cities, anyway. Yeah, it's like just basically endless bits of place where you just can't go like eighty percent of the place. But then I don't realise how much space warehouses take up. What a waste of space. Just put houses there instead. But, they, but they, they do have stuff in them. Most of them do, but the stuff also just sits there forever until someone buys the shitty pepper pig mirror which isn't what I bought. But, but it, Argos aren't taking up that much space, because... They are.
0: No, but they have this, like, multi-dimensional thing where the space just folds in on itself, and that's how they fit everything in.
1: I was being hyperb- hyperbolic.
0: Hyperbolic?
1: No. That is that is how it's pronounced. Oh, really? I thought that yeah. was one of those not pronounced how it's spelt words, like no, well, hyperbole.
0: Well, yeah, what you're referring to is the way that sometimes you, and by you I mean you... <laughs> We'll, we'll read a word in a book <laughs> and you'll never hear, you'll never realise how it's actually supposed to be pronounced.
1: Look, I prefer to. And
0: then you'll suddenly drop it into a conversation and you'll be, I'll be like,
1: What? A hyperbowl? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? It's like the Super Bowl, but four left sharks instead of one. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, it's like, it's like the Super Bowl on steroids. More no,
1: exactly, they're already on steroids.
0: Epitome is Epitome,
1: yes. A, that's a nice favourite one.
0: It's the epitome of mispronounced <laughs> words. Oh, that's not fair. I think the most recent one I heard was
1: instead of. N- From me?
0: Yeah. Oh. Instead of nomenclature, no.
1: No, I've n- I What's say
0: nomenclature. Nomenclature.
1: That's how you pronounce that, isn't it?
0: I'm pretty sure it's nomen- no. nomenclature. No. You've done it now. <laughs> you no, n- nomenclature. Nomenclature. Clature. Nomenclature. God, it's
1: like taking a child.
0: It sounds like somebody's name. Are you
1: sure that's right? Yeah. Okay.
0: See, I'm going to check this later. Yeah,
1: well, you've just embarrassed yourself live on... We'll see. ...a podcast with three people listening to it, which is more than the one we had last time. So, um...
0: When, you were, when you were reading Harry Potter, did you make the faithful... What's to-
1: Harry Potter, Mark? Did, so, Harry Potter... God, just down. For the... <laughs>
0: It's a book. Um, Seven books. Did you make the fatal mistake of, in your head, pronouncing it Hermione?
1: (laughs) No, because I know how to pronounce Hermione. I already knew, and it angered me when anybody, even when I was little, when anybody pronounced it wrong. And I was just like, how can you get that name wrong? I mean, I guess I'd heard
0: the name Hermione, but I just hadn't put two and two together.
1: Wow. Hermione. No!
0: I mean, it's it's a wizard. It's a wizard school. Yeah, but everyone's got
1: normal names no, like not. Draco. They've got all
0: Crazy <laughs> names. Hermione's not that weird.
1: What? You don't know it. Do you know any Severuses around here? I know about six. Do you think Like parents... Harry? <laughs> oh my god. Do you think parents have started calling their kids stuff like Severus?
0: Oh, undoubtedly. And Neville. There'll be someone called Snape.
1: No, that's a surname. I don't
0: care. <laughs> Some poor kid will be called Snape. Snape Dumbledore.
1: <laughs> Is Albus a real name?
0: Albus? Yeah. I thought it was Al Aldus.
1: No! You've embarrassed yourself again! Oh, really? There's a B in that name. I'm
0: thinking of the supermarket, aren't we?
1: That's Aldi. Yeah. Aldi
0: Dumbledore. <laughs> I imagine it, it's probably a name, but a name that isn't used that often. Like Edgar or Humphrey.
1: Where does Alby come from? Alby, Yeah. Like Alby the racist dragon.
0: Is it short for Alberts? maybe?
1: Oh, yeah, it could be. Maybe Alberts is short for Albert. That's that's not any shorter, is it, really?
0: (laughs) Like Albie Einstein.
1: Pretty much just bumble through this podcast. Yeah.
0: But I think you've got to bumble through life, haven't you, really? So Argos. Okay, we're not done with Argos.
1: No, we're not done with Argos. So um, they used to have a system, which was fine and dandy, where you'd go in and you'd look in the little... You look in the catalog. Was there was yeah. a previous
0: system that you went in and you picked stuff off the shelf yourself? You just got lost in this endless maze of warehouse and Why then they... eventually found your way back to the how they do
1: that. Yeah, do you think that great? Do you man. think laser quest in an Argos warehouse would be good? Oh,
0: that'd be amazing.
1: And especially when you find like stuff to use as traps like home alone. You
0: find a laser quest set <laughs> and then you've got like dual wielded laser guns.
1: I found a massive bag of, like, little plastic balls from a ball pit. <laughs> People running down that aisle and you're just going... And there's just this wave, tidal wave of balls coming at them. Tidal wave of balls. I, th- I think that's cheating. It probably I think was. that's against the
0: rules. No physical contact.
1: No physical contact from me, but plenty from these balls I found. Oh,
0: Okay. <laughs> hitting people with a selfie stick count as physical content? I want
1: to buy one of
0: those. Really? Yeah,
1: I really do. Because it's, I'll tell you what, taking a selfie is a pain in the ass. See, I, okay,
0: I I really don't get this. It's a stick that you put your phone on the end of.
1: Okay, so the thing about my phone is that there is a part of the screen that you have to press to take the picture. Yes. Yeah? Okay. Which is awkward as hell when you've got it turned round and you're trying to press the button, but you can't see because it it's not a physical button. Because screens suck. I think
0: I don't. I think what I don't understand is I don't understand what problem the selfie stick is solving.
1: It solves your arms not being long enough, so right, you okay. can take Wait, larger groups. of Let's selfies. rewind
0: a little bit here. You're taking a picture with lots of people on it. It's not a necessary requirement that your arm is on the picture pointing up towards the camera. You don't have to have. You don't have to make it look like you're holding the camera away no, from the face. No, that's not the
1: point. Your arm isn't long enough to take pictures of groups of people of like more than three people in the group, and it's really hard to take a picture with the front with with, with the back camera, front face camera, not too much of an issue, but the back camera is a big issue, which is one you usually want to take because the front-face camera sucks and it has no hmm. flash. Okay. If they just put a flash on that front-face camera, it probably wouldn't be much of an issue. and You probably wouldn't need it. Hmm. And then it would just be the group size thing that's a problem. So I get selfie sticks. I just wish that they, they folded up so I could put it in my bag or something. I can't, really so out, I, can't I take my nights out?
0: I've just invented a new a new invention. right? Imagine you want to take a selfie of not just yourself, not just two or three of your friends, but like an entire, an entire class of 1999 or something like two, two, 200, 300 people at a time. What you need is Mark's selfie stick, which is a 20 foot false arm, right? What you do is you put it in your sleeve and you hold, you, you, you put your camera on the end of it. When you take the picture, it looks like a genuine selfie because you can see your arm going up to the camera.
1: What, just, and yet you can fit you can fit all 200 people in it. So it just looks like you've got an enormous Stretch Armstrong arm. Yeah. What's Stretch Armstrong made of to do that? Stretch like, Armstrong? Yeah.
0: Are we referring to the toy? I've
1: never seen rubber that stretches that far, except in Stretch Armstrong. Because it's like some magic substance that they created purely for that toy and for nothing else. What I never
0: understood about Stretch Armstrong was, was he like a a superhero character? No,
1: it was invented. It was for invented. For yeah, the time. Yeah. Okay. Why Armstrong? So it was just
0: a it was just a doll that you could stretch out really far.
1: Really 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 far though. Yeah. Really far. Well, it was like wasn't it like a bag of
0: like it had beads in it or Really?
1: I thought yeah. it was just like like rubber, just like a thick rubber.
0: No, I'm thinking of um his arch nemesis. Cuz I had I had his nemesis did they come um,
1: up with, like, a full backstory and entire cast of characters?
0: No, they just had, like, spin-off characters. I think it was called Man because you, like, sucked the air out of it. So you, like, you could you could stretch it out, and then you sucked the air out of it, and then it would stay in that pose.
1: Really? Was well, so he just, like, created a vacuum within it? Yeah. That sounds awesome. And it had these, like,
0: beads inside it.
1: Why did it have beads in it? I don't know. It was obviously
0: all... That's obviously where Vakman drew his power from.
1: From his balls.
0: Yeah, from his balls. Okay. His vacuum
1: balls? So, Argos.
0: Okay. We're still not done with Argos. We haven't
1: even started, you keep distracting oh, wow. me. So, the way Argos used to work is that in the catalogue there'd be like numbers next to all of the items. What does Argos and... mean? It's a name, I think. Somebody's name? Yeah, I think it's a surname. That's what most shops use. What in the UK are they like? Are.
0: are they like a Greek god or something?
1: No, it's Argus. Argoose.
0: Argoose! <laughs>
1: It's a our re- chicken! It's a reference to a to a very famous set of commercials on television. uh, uh commercials for what? Argos. Okay. It was like a bizarre set of commercials where um, a character in it was like a foreign person who was like some fashion designer,
0: Johnny Foreigner. Yeah, Johnny
1: Foreigner, and someone else in the advert. It's like, oh, look at these nice things. He was like, oh my god, those are amazing. Who designed those? And she's like, I got them from Argos. Oh, and he's like, oh, Argos, yeah. the great painter Argos. I must find this Argos. And it was ridiculous and stupid. I remember those.
0: Updates. There you go. They were alright.
1: They're not on the same level as car adverts, which are some of the worst adverts on the planet.
0: Oh, there isn't terrible car adverts.
1: All of them. They mostly If all... it's a bad advert, like, like if you're watching an advert and it's bad, you know it's a car advert before the car is revealed. <laughs>
0: You can tell it's a car advert, because there's usually a car in it.
1: No, no, no. There's hardly ever a car in it until the last second, when it's just like, Peugeot. I don't know anything about cars. Well, I know it's a hate car advert.
0: Peugeot is is a make of car.
1: They got vroom vroom and they got four wheels.
0: You probably know more about cars than I do.
1: No, I don't think so. You drive, I don't.
0: <laughs> it doesn't mean I know anything about cars, I really don't.
1: I know about virtual cars. Like I play a lot of Trackmania. Yeah, which you've been in- playing that recently, haven't no, you? I've played a lot anyway.
0: Trackmania.
1: That's exactly how cars work in Trackmania. The physics are true to life.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like Trackmania,
1: it's like a stunt driving game, isn't no, it? No, it's like a multiplayer time attack game.
0: Right, but you're you're driving like round loop the loops and yeah, up half pipes and things. Well, it's
1: funny because but like, you're
0: doing it in like a Formula One car
1: if 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 you play the the maps that it comes with then they're mostly really boring and then the odd one has like a jump in it or something right so all the user-made maps are obviously just jumps and tricks and stuff and loops and things because who wants to do anything other than that and yeah you're a little you're a little formula one car but the car is a skin really Hmm. I mean, you can be a square box, it doesn't matter. yes yeah. yeah. The, the, the car you are... Because, I mean, I've seen people driving around in all manner of crazy shit, so...
0: What, can you, can you like, mod it to have different... No, nah, you
1: buy skins and stuff.
0: Oh, you buy them? Yeah.
1: It's got, like, an Is it like a
0: free-to-play thing?
1: Yes. Yeah. No. Wait, well, you no, know, you can buy... You, you buy, like, the base game. Right. But then there's, like, loads of other extra shit. But you don't need to. So I haven't paid a penny for it apart from the base. So
0: you have a for it.
1: No, I, yeah, I pay for the game, but not for any other crap Okay, haven't spent a penny Apart from, apart from tenu- buying it, like, the It cost me in the first place Argos oh, No, we're not done talking
0: about Trackmania
1: Okay, this podcast is going to be great Because essentially, we're just going to be talking about everything but And I'm going to keep trying to come back to Argos And it's just never going to happen
0: <laughs> It's like the opposite of what happened last time Or the time before that <laughs> So the, there was this one particular track that you were that you were on, and this is kind of typical of of these t- track mania tracks, where the first thing you do on the track is just drive really quickly at this ramp, and the ramp just launches. There's you a in, boost before the ramp. Yeah, there's like a boost onto this ramp, and you're you're launched into the air and then you hit, like, a sheer vertical wall, and... No, you do, it, you do, like
1: a... you do that the first time, because you don't realise what the hell's going on. Yeah. You, you just... No, but the best part is that you can see everybody else at the same time. Yeah, all
0: of these ghosts of other players doing yeah. the same thing.
1: you just, like, 20 cars in unison just go up this ramp, and then just hit a wall and
0: bounce Yeah, just, off. like, bang, 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 all these cars just tumbling down the wall. And the wall is slightly curved, and what you have to do is tumble your way <laughs> around the curve of the wall. Yeah. So like, Your car your car isn't driving on the wall, it's like just tumbling down through the air, and occasionally the tyres will touch the wall and propel you a little bit around the wall.
1: Yeah, you have to kind of go up the track, um, but at an angle, so your car twists in the air and ends up perpendicular to the floor, so you'll hit this vertical face <laughs> that's curved round... It's a really, really bad map.
0: Well, it's ridiculous. Like, No, no, that's
1: a particularly bad
0: one. Even knowing how to do it, it's really hard to do.
1: Yeah.
0: But funny to watch.
1: (laughs) But I'll I'll never see that map again. Because the maps are so easy to create that there's just a hundred million maps that people have created.
0: Hmm. Like, people are creating them faster than you can play on them.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, in the, if you look at the name in the corner for every map that shows up, there's always a number associated with it. Mm. Um, and it will be, like, number 87, and you realise there's at least 87 very short maps that this one person has made, and he's not the only person making very short maps.
0: So, like, it, when you're playing on a server, are, they, are all of those maps made by one person?
1: No. They were all from a pool made by lots of other people. For instance, I was on a map the other day, and the map was called 150 Mewtwo. And then later I played on 100 Voltorb. And I realised that this person had just made maps for every Pokemon. They weren't... (laughs) they, they, They weren't... They didn't look like Pokemon. They didn't look like the Pokemon they're supposed to be. They were just named after the Pokemon. It's named after, it's yeah, a, yeah. It's a good naming system. It is a good naming system, but it's indicative of how many maps there are. Yeah. that Someone just realised that there's no way they could think up different names for all of these maps, <laughs> so they just, it's, it's play Pokemon. Yeah. Hey, have you played Vaporeon? It's a good idea. It's a good idea. I'm not gonna run out of those in a hurry. No. I don't know if, um, yeah, I think Nintendo will probably make Pokemon faster than you can make Trackmania <laughs> maps.
0: I um this is this is really nerdy, but I I used to in fact I still do name all of my computers because I have multiple computers after Sonic the Hedgehog characters.
1: That's really
0: sad. And Sega are definitely creating characters faster than I can buy computers.
1: I name them after um spaceships from Free Space 2.
0: Ah, okay. Like
1: Like Mermidin. And Safanis, Mara, and Moloch. Moloch? Yeah. And Hatshepsut, which I haven't (laughs) actually named a computer after, because I can't can't pronounce pronounce it it. it properly. Because no one in the game actually pronounces the class of that ship properly. They always just call it by the name of the ship, because I don't think any of the voice actors could probably pronounce it either. The
0: S.S. Epitome. (laughs) It's not fair. Yeah, so I have a, I have a Sonic, and a Knuckles, and a Robotnik.
1: A Robotonic.
0: And a, and a Tails. Not Amy Rose.
1: Why not? <laughs> Why not Silver?
0: Silver.
1: Why not Tikal?
0: <laughs> Those aren't real characters.
1: It's no use.
0: Mind you, I haven't played a Sonic game since Sonic 3.
1: You watched me play Generations. Yeah. What do you mean you don't play a Sonic game since Sonic 3? You're obsessed with Sonic Advance.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, and you
1: played, and you bought Sonic and the Secret Rings.
0: Yeah, but that was rubbish. No, but you played it. I've forgotten it. all about that now.
1: <clears throat> you purchased it and played it.
0: Yeah, because I heard it was good. It, you it heard wrong.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sonic Advance was good, though. Sonic Advance was really good. No, it
1: really wasn't.
0: Because it, it was, it was a two D platformer, and very it was, a it was very much like the original. 16-bit Sonic games.
1: Do you know what really, it's really weird, but something that really puts me off about Sonic Advance is the way they scale the sprites, well, they rotate the sprites exactly. Yeah. And I hate how that looks. Cause they it just, looks
0: really ropey, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah,
1: it's distorted so bad.
0: Like in the original Sonic games, I don't think the Mega Drive could really even do that. No, it so they couldn't. Just, they just drew Sonic in, like, 16 different directions.
1: Well, the SNES couldn't without the Super FX chip.
0: Yes, mode Seven yes.
1: allowed it to scale and rotate sprites. That's all Mode Seven was.
0: Yes, yeah. Mode Seven being there were different drawing modes. I think yes. on the snares, and one of them was Mode Seven, and Mode Seven let you. Oh God, this is getting into technical detail, but it let you it let you change the scale that you were drawing at for each scan line. Yes. On the the rastered image, so it that let you uh, basically do scale
1: and rotate.
0: Yeah, scale and rotate. So that's how they did the track in Mario Kart, Mm -hmm. which is kind of tilted perspective away from the camera.
1: And it's also how they do like crazy stretching and stuff in Yoshi's Island. Right. There's quite a lot of games that do. And in um, uh, Super Metroid, where the entire screen starts rotating. Mm. That looks incredible, that bit does. But that's still in the same way as well. That's cool.
0: Yeah, that was pretty impressive at the time. Oh, I think it's impressive now. Mm.
1: I couldn't fucking write it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Nintendos.
1: So Argos?
0: No, what were we talking it's about? It's not
1: fair. You, we were talking about Argos and then you went on to Trackmania.
0: <laughs> How do we get onto Mode 7? Rotation? Sonic? Yeah, I have nothing else on Sonic.
1: Generations is a good game. Sonic Generations. Yeah, I really liked it. The thing about Generations is, well,
0: they kind of had to put some effort in for that, didn't they? Because it was like the twentieth anniversary of Sonic the Hedgehog.
1: Is that what was it really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that.
0: So it was like a celebration of all of the mediocre Sonic (laughs) games that've been.
1: See, it's really funny with the way Sega Sega doing this very strange thing where the utterly obsessed and terrified of doing the same thing to the point of whenever they come up with a game that has a spark of fun in it and people mm. respond to it well, they will never do anything else with it. They will just do something else. Sonic Colors and Generations are prime examples. Mm. Sonic Generations Sonic is, is, good, good. Yeah, is good. Yeah, Sonic Colors is good. It's quite fun. I mean, it's, it's just really fun platforming with an interesting gimmick mechanic in it. Levels are good. Whatever. It's a good game. And then they just did nothing else with it. Generations... The, I mean, the thing that made Generations so good is... Instead of, like, picking one way to do a Sonic game, they combined the two. So Oh, it has,
0: like 2D and 3D.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean this is a thing where when people play, like, the fast speed... Like, the max speed sections or whatever, they're fun, but you can't hang a whole game on them. Which they realised with like Sonic Unleashed, instead of making a full game of it, they did half the game like that, and then people enjoyed it, and then they tacked on this other garbage that no one cared about.
0: Sonic Unleashed was the one where Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog turns into a wolf.
1: A werehog.
0: A werehog. He has
1: a werehog.
0: Right. What? Why? Why not? Is he the fastest werehog in the world?
1: No, this is the thing when he was a werehog. It's pretty slow. He's really slow.
0: <laughs> yeah, that seems unnecessary.
1: So, they had the max speed sections in Generations, and then, because you can't hang a whole game off it because it gets really boring, they have half of it is 2D platforming. And the best part of Generations, in my opinion, isn't the remade levels. Mm. It's the stuff where, when it, a, when it was a 2D level in the first place, it's not the remade part of it that's good, it's the new part of it. The reimagining like, of it. Yeah, the- exactly. Like, I think the 3D part of Chemical Plant is much better than the 2D part that they did.
0: Is it is it good in its own right, or is it only good because it's it's nostalgic?
1: Well, I'm not particularly nostalgic for Sonic anyway, because I consider this blasphemy. I don't like Sonic one, two, or three. <gasps> Get out! I just think they're bad games. They're too punishing, and I don't think they're very fun. Oh, Sonic one is
0: ridiculously hard.
1: Sonic two is even worse. Sonic Two is much way. No, people, Sonic Two's easy. You know, people, no, Sonic 2's only easy because you know all the levels. But if you play through Sonic Two without knowing all the levels, it's the most frustrating piece of shit ever designed. Three is the closest they got to a well-designed game.
0: No, I still, I still assert that Sonic Two is easy because all you do is you get a friend to play Tails and then sacrifice Tails to beat the boss every time because an, he can't be killed.
1: An exploit is not a replacement for good level design. <laughs>
0: God <laughs> you just throw tails at the boss and he keeps dying over and over again but kills kills the boss kills robotnik
1: please never design another video game in your life if you think that's fine
0: <laughs> sonic 1 though was it was really hard for dumb reasons like it had massive underwater sections where you kept, oh, god you kept running out of air
1: i don't know what kept cap possessed them to put what sections <laughs> in <laughs> find me a <laughs> single <laughs> person <laughs> who enjoys <laughs> Wow. Sorry. <laughs> that was unintentional. I scratched your face with my nails. I basically wear that. Stop pops. me drowning
0: though. Yeah, <laughs> so that was good.
1: Imagine if you did that every time we got a bubble. <laughs> ah! Just. Knuckles just flies along and Son just. a slap across the
0: face. Stop <laughs> like out of.
1: It. Like in Dungeon Keeper. Use a power glove.
0: Dungeon Keeper. Was was that a deliberate segue into Dungeon Keeper there? It wasn't, actually. Okay. Should we talk about Dungeon Keeper? No. Okay. (laughs) Sonic 1 was hard. Yeah, harder than Sonic 2, I thought.
1: No, I don't know. I don't think it is. Because Sonic 1's not harder than 2 because it's slower. Sonic 2 tries to be faster, but the levels are designed to be played slowly.
0: I believe that you've got to go fast. So anyway, what do you think of Sonic 3?
1: It's the closest they got to a good game. It's just too long.
0: It's only too long when you combine it using lock-on technology (laughs) with Sonic (laughs) and Knuckles. (laughs) Where the the two games combine magically in the console. It's
1: funny, people actually believe it does that.
0: It doesn't do that.
1: It doesn't do that, but it does do that with Sonic 2. It like has a patch built into the cartridge. Uh-huh. When you plug Sonic 2 in, it patches It reads the data cartridge. from
0: the Sonic 2 cartridge.
1: Yeah, it essentially, it essentially patches the ROM. Mm. Um, but with Sonic 3 and Knuckles, it doesn't do that.
0: Was the whole game on the Sonic 3 cartridge?
1: Yeah. No, that's right. It basically just b- makes one big ROM. It doesn't, like, patch one or the other. Mm. It just, like... Because you can fake it by... If you get the two ROMs, and you can just put the files together... Like, concatenate the files on your system, and then yeah. run in an emulator, and Sonic 3 and Knuckles will show up.
0: Oh, okay. So it doesn't
1: really patch it, it just patches the two together, and then it automatically works. Right. Lock-on technology. Lock-on. Like, strapped together with duct tape technology.
0: Did you see someone on Twitter, and we can edit in afterwards the appropriate credits here, because I can't remember who it was.
1: We're not going to edit it in. Why not? Wait, one, am are just gonna drop out and just go, just like put the name in like really deadpan. Well, <laughs> all right. So,
0: um, they made they bought all of the uh, Sonic and Knuckles cartridges that they could off eBay, and they assembled them into a tower of Sonic and Knuckles cartridges that they locked together.
1: I've not seen this. Why haven't you shown me this? <laughs>
0: And they basically added a cartridge at a time to see how much it glitched
1: out. Did it do it at all? Did yeah, it? it worked. It was just Like I said, did it glitch out at all? Yeah, totally. I was surprised by that.
0: Well when you've got twelve cartridges all linked together, it kind of goes a bit screwy.
1: No, but I'd expect it to just like read the memory from the start of it up until the point where it would read it to. Why would it read further than that point? No idea. That seems wrong. <laughs>
0: no.
1: Mm. Well the thing about the Mega Drive is the the thing that loads the cartridge uh, the connector is dodgy to the point where you can just wiggle cartridges and it glitches out. So maybe it was just like mm. too much weight on it or something. Uh, yeah, I've
0: <laughs> seen I've seen that happen before. Where you <coughs> wiggle the cartridge and suddenly half of the graphics aren't drawing properly. Yeah.
1: My my favourite one is that um it's a cheat in Sonic C- uh, Sonic three D blast. Mm. In Sonic three D Blast you can smack the cartridge on the corner and the level selector is up. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember doing this once when I was little, because I bought Sonic 3D off my friend, and I said, watch this. And it just went bash on the cartridge. And it was just like, what are you doing? And it just, the level click shows up. I think, as far as I know, the reason why it does that is it's, I don't know what's funny in it. it's It's okay. like it's
0: not designed to do that. No. It was a side effect.
1: Yeah, as far as I know, there's a fail safe for when it can't read the cartridge properly, or there's some data error. Right. It just... Like, there's just a go-to somewhere that's just, like, a, 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 a panic that just goes to the level select. Right. So you're dislodging the cartridge and it can't read it properly. It's just like, fuck, level select. Right. But it has a side effect of the, you can beat it into <laughs> submission to send you to the last level. <laughs>
0: you Smack the cartridge on the top.
1: All games should do that.
0: <laughs> Break the console and then every game goes to its level select. Mega right?
1: Drive is such a shoddy console. Really? Yeah, it's really shoddy. Known
0: as the Genesis in the United States of America.
1: It's not a real country.
0: It's called the Mega Drive here, which is the, the most 80s name It's a Japanese name, is that it? Was that the Japanese name as yeah. well? Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: That's why the Super Nintendo is called the Super Nintendo and not the Nintendo 2.
0: Was uh, the console before the Mega Drive just called the Drive?
1: No, it's called the Master System, there's one over there.
0: I know, I'm being, I'm being hilarious. Oh, okay. Consoles.
1: Yeah, I have a stupid amount of consoles. I have a, quite a large collection, but I'm someone who doesn't really play console games.
0: No, they're just sitting on a shelf. <laughs> yeah,
1: on oh, many shelves.
0: They look very nice. They do look nice.
1: i basically got a little museum in my living room.
0: They're all at a little jaunty angle.
1: Uh, I thought it was quite artistic, I think. yeah. Me. yeah. We is currently living with GameCube at the moment, supplanted by Wii U.
0: They're cohabiting.
1: Yeah, they're finally made up with each other. Made up in the sexiest way.
0: Argos. <laughs>
1: oh, oh, God. <laughs> oh, <for> fuck's sake. <laughs> you see, the thing about podcasting is people think you just sit there in front of a microphone. And then press stop and then export as an MP3 and it's done. And then you set up a Patreon and you earn loads of money. Now it's true that I'm just in it for the Patreon money, but it's fucking hard work. We don't like, have
0: a Patreon. Yet. We don't have any patrons. Yet. You know what's really you know what's really boring well. on on a podcast? When when the podcasters just talk about podcasting
1: is that true? It's
0: like, oh, I bought a new microphone.
1: I'm finding this really difficult.
0: <laughs> what, not talking about podcasting?
1: No, doing the podcast. Yeah. It's not difficult. It's tiring. It's tiring.
0: Okay. So what, Argos? Right. Continue your story about Argos. I do we, we, we went off on a little bit of a tangent there.
1: It really doesn't matter, because I'm just complaining about this particular Come Argos on. and the way it's now implemented. So... The way Argos used to be back in the day is you looked at the catalogue and next to all the items in the catalogue, all these millions of items, there's a little code next to it, like a six-digit code. Yeah. And you'd write down that little six-digit code. You'd get little Argos pens, of which there's usually a huge selection of Argos pens in front of the catalogue, and a little piece of paper, and you'd write it down, you'd take it to the counter, and the nice man or lady behind the counter would tell you if it was in stock or not, and then you'd run it through, and then you'd go get your item. If it wasn't in stock, you bollocksed. So go back to the to the catalogue. Yeah. Now they realised this cycle wasn't a very good thing. So quite some time ago they added these little machines in it which had a little dot matrix display mm-hmm. and a little number pad on it. Okay. And you could go
0: The height of modern technology.
1: really It was really efficient because it was a very simple system no garbage. You can check whether it's in stock yourself. You can check whether it's in stock yourself but also the buttons are proper physical buttons the system behind it has no garbage running in it so it doesn't matter how fast it is or whatever it's just uh-huh. looking up a very simple database. So you'd go six digits, enter, and it'd immediately come up, tell you whether it was in stock Foolproof. or not. Foolproof. exactly. So then later on, to complement this, they removed the need for the person on the counter taking your stuff by having a little self-service thing where you could put your bank card in. Um, so so you'd, you'd go to this machine and you'd put in the number again, and say, oh yeah! So instead of going yeah.
0: to the to the, the yeah, so instead of going to the till with a human being taking your money, yeah, there's a self-service money. Machine. You can go to yeah, you can go to the machine where you put yeah. your card in.
1: Exactly. Now, when they initially added this system, and their wisdom, they made that one a touchscreen with running some shitty version of Windows, and it was clearly like, i.e., web app or something.
0: Yeah, I mean the the thing that always catches me out with that machine is. It pops up and says, enter the num- enter the catalog number. And there's like a chip and pin like card payment machine in front of you. So I immediately start typing on that. <laughs> there's a machine with numbers on it. I start typing on that. And no. then I, then I realise there are numbers on the screen instead.
1: You're the only person who's ever done that. <laughs> Clearly. I don't think anyone else has ever done that.
0: And then you start typing on the screen. And the other thing I've noticed, and this is a really small thing, but significant. The other thing is that If you have a catalogue number with a repeated digit in it, it doesn't accept it when you press the digit for the second time.
1: Right. So this is the thing I was going to talk about with that machine. So as is the case with all touchscreens that were created longer than three years ago, Uh they're worthless. They're utterly worthless. You touch the touchscreen and it barely recognises the touch. But it's all futuristic. It's a touchscreen, right? No. They should never have implemented those in any place that they're still in. Or, or in the first place, they're horrible. Hmm. Just these, I don't know what it's about. Bad touchscreens. Why do they still exist? <laughs> they anger me. But anyway, this thing clearly is running some version of IE. It's clearly built like like an embedded web app or something. Who cares? The kind of touch but,
0: screen where you you it doesn't register well enough. So no. you you press it. You think it's not registered, and then your instinct is to press it harder. Like that'll that'll make it work.
1: But it's not horrendous that touchscreen. It is not the worst touchscreen I've ever seen, and it's perfectly serviceable. Okay. Okay. So one of the bad things about those touchscreens is that when they realised that they took they could take away the human, there was no need for you to write down a number. Uh, well, no, there's still a need for you. So you still need to write down a number and then take to the machine to put it in. Yeah. But they realised that they don't really care anymore. So where you used to ha- where they used to com- constantly stock up the little Argos pens, now they don't give a shit. So there's these little parts that just don't have Argos pens in and everyone nicks them. Why do people nick Argos pens? They are the worst pens in the world. (laughs) They're so thin, you can barely hold them in your fingers. They are not suitable writing implements at all. And yet people steal them. Like, it's like they just feel like, oh, God, I'm going to steal this pen. It's going to be great. I'm going to save loads of money. No, you're not. <laughs> you're going to steal a worthless thing and you're going to piss everyone else off who comes in later. So mm. people in nick Argos pens, they annoy me. But anyway, they decided never to restart the Argos pens because who even cares? So then you have to remember this six-figure digit and you've got to... You've got to get from the catalogue to this machine, remembering the six figure thing. And then you're trying to use the touchscreen. The touchscreen half the time doesn't work. And then you have forgot what the fourth digit is. And woe we'll betide if there's someone in front of you, as in your head, you're thinking six five four three two six five four three two. Is it? But no, you forgot it by the time you get to the front of it. So stop stealing Argos pens. It's terrible.
0: When you, when you're putting in the catalogue number on the touchscreen, On on the 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 bit where you pay, if the catalog number has got a repeated digit in it, so if you've got the same number twice, one after the other, it always it always misses it out. Mm -hmm. If you if you've got like five six six, it accepts the five, it accepts the six, and then it doesn't accept the next six until you press it a third time, and it's obviously some kind of like debouncing mechanism, like to stop. To stop the touchscreen registering twice by accident yeah. and stuff like that.
1: But it's just terrible it's design. It's overzealous, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like,
0: you start typing the number and then you suddenly realise it's wrong because it's just missed out one of the digits you typed because of some dumb limitation. That kind of stuff winds me up. <laughs> it really shouldn't.
1: So, So here is Argos as we have it. We have the catalogue, physical catalogue, and this little dot matrix thing where you put in the number, check the stock, and then you go over the terrible touch screen mm-hmm. to put it in. Oh, it's different now. So I went to August of the other day, the little dot matrix thing isn't there anymore. So obviously that was... Way too yes, old. Yeah. So now it's changed. What's yeah. there instead? A touch screen. Another touchscreen. This touchscreen is different. It's running a completely different piece of software and it's completely different hardware from the install- installed touchscreens they have already. Mm. But for some inexplicable reason, these touchscreens are the worst touchscreens I have ever used <laughs> in my life. Instead of using the same Bad, but perfectly adequate touchscreens that they have installed in every single store. They decided to go for the worst touchscreens I've ever seen. Like, you tap this touchscreen and you're lucky if it registers your whole fucking palm, mm. let alone you touching one of the numbers. I couldn't believe how bad it was. And it's slow. Fuck me as it's slow.
0: you think that touchscreens p- would, kind of, would be kind of... Like a solved problem by now. But it's not, so ubiquitous. But it's
1: not just the touchscreen as well. Like you tap this thing and you tell it eventually the numbers go through. Like you hit a number and then it sits there for a second. Three. Four.
0: Okay. <laughs> No! That's back, the sound of back. Fiona pressing numbers.
1: Yeah, so obviously it's the worst thing in the world. I think that um, has to be one of the things
0: that annoys me the most about any kind of user interface. Like, just unresponsiveness. Just just not feeding back to the user when something you've, an action you've taken has had a consequence. It, there's no excuse for it either, because it's so easy to do. If I press a button, I want the button to change what it looks like, so I know I've pressed it. So that I'm not just waiting to see whether anything actually happens or not.
1: So, this Argos trip in particular, right? The reason i have gone to Argos is I'd ran up to the other side of town after work to go to the Argos to get some new headphones, which we'll get onto after this. So i to get some new headphones because the ones I had had decided to die that morning. And there was no way I was getting on public transport without having my ears shielded from mm. the outside. It's very
0: right. inconsiderate of them.
1: Yeah. So... I ran to the Argos inside the the side of town, knowing that my train wasn't too long. There, trying to use this touchscreen and just getting really angry at it. Eventually I checked it and yes, the headphones I decided to pick were in stock. And then I went to write it down and realised that everybody had stolen the pens. And my eyes shot round the entire room. Who took the pens? Was there someone in the corner
0: just holding (sighs) 50 pens?
1: Everywhere where there should be pens, there were no pens. There was a pen drought in the Argos. And so I'm like, fuck, okay, I'll just have to remember it, right? So, uh, so I remember it, I go up to the little machine where, you you know, the self-service takes t- digits. I mean, that's right on the <clears throat> limit of yeah human chunking ability. Of my chunking ability. And so I got to the machine where you put the number in, trying to use that terrible thing, not as terrible as the other things, but it felt like a breath of fresh air. This was like using something from the future compared. Tap, 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 put it in, takes money, printing receipt. No receipt. The receipt didn't come out. Wow. And it just went... You You had one job machine. I know. And I just stood there in front of it, just like, really? And then realised I'm going to miss my fucking train. So then I went... So there was a huge line of people getting their items and stuff. And I'm just like, right, fuck this. I just walked in front of them, went to the counter, went, dude, the machine's not printing my ticket. And and the guy's just like, serving these people first. I'm like, I don't give a shit. (laughs) Go, go get my ticket. So eventually, I stood there for about 10 minutes, and eventually this guy comes out from behind and is like, yeah, let's have a look, goes to the machine, and there's just no paper in it. Yeah. And there's no, it's run out of paper. Why do they not get an alert for this? I feel really confused that the machine didn't know for a start. Mm. Surely these machines know when they're about to run out of paper, and if not, why the fuck not? Yeah. It seems really fundamental to me.
0: You'd think that would be something they'd do.
1: So he puts... So, oh no, it was even better. Well, Why no. have an alerting ah.
0: system when Right, there's just the Fiona alerting system? Sorry. You, know, you don't get it's, a receipt, customer comes to the desk.
1: That's when you know that there's no paper. It's even better than this, right? So it wasn't that it didn't print. It did print, it just didn't feed it out. And somehow it managed to print it to print my receipt onto two different bits of paper. Like, the roller had ran out, but there's, like, an extra bit of paper that it managed to print it on, and it, like, cut it at the wrong place or something. So my receipt was spread over two receipts. Okay. Which was really strange. It just hadn't spat it out, so it's like, oh, there's your receipt. And went up to the thing, and nice of him, the guy let me jump the queue and just get my items. It was just there anyway. He got a stapler out and just stapled the two halves of my receipt together. Excellent. <laughs> I really didn't care about that and he just stamped it I, I walked out and I pulled out the headphones and obviously the thing was in one of those blister packs where you need a hedge trimmer to get it open so I'm going to have to go home without earphones in anyway
0: mm-hmm. so that
1: was awful um, you should have seen that coming and I'll miss my train Oh, so I'd wait another hour for the next one that's, that's a sad ending to that story so what the fuck happened to Argos? They had a fine system that has just gone worse and worse with the application of non-technology technology. Technology from the past that looks like technology on paper.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, they still have Argos catalogs.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. That
1: massive pallet with 800 catalogs on.
0: Yeah, they have the little tables with the, the laminated Argos catalogue that weighs a metric ton. Yes, and has everyone else's finger grease smeared all over it?
1: Yeah, no, no, but but they have they have the piles of Argos catalog still because when I mean I don't know about you, but when when I was little, every single household had an Argos catalog in it, and that was where you picked your Christmas presents from. You had just <laughs> the your...
0: round children. That's true. And we shall should, we should look at the sacred book of Argos.
1: You asked your pa- your parents told you how much money you had for Christmas, and for me, because we were poor, it was about sixty seventy quid. Okay. I'm like you, you got sixty pound this year, and uh, pick what you want from the Argos catalogue, and then just get a little bit of paper and make sure I got my money's worth. Put all the things I wanted, and got <laughs> it all from Argos.
0: No, Santa went to Argos, and then brought it down the chimney.
1: Looked a lot like my mum. Really mm. funny that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so you always you always had this Argos catalogue. Obviously, now in today's day and age, we no longer have any need for it because the internet exists, and you can just go on the Argos website. Not everyone is on the internet. Almost everybody is on the internet. If you're not an OEP, I think you can pretty much have it. In fact, even if you're an old age pensioner, you've probably got access to Argos somehow.
0: But But can you imagine the uproar there would be if they took away the the Argos catalogue?
1: It's it's just so unnecessary. I mean, how many trees are felled each year just so people can have this nostalgic Argos catalogue? And it's full colour as well. How much is that company losing on Argos catalogues? Because that palette's always full of them. And it, mm. it changes every year. Even more than that, I think. It's like twice a year, isn't it? I think it's seasonal. Yeah. yeah. They must throw away shit tons of Argos catalogues every year. Full colour as well. Well, I imagine printing
0: yeah. catalogues doesn't cost that much in the global scheme of things.
1: On a grand scale, it would. Like they, That company would save a lot of money if they start printing Argos catalogues. Or, print them on demand. But you have to request an Argos catalogue, it gets sent to your door. That better. That hmm. that would be better. Would it? I don't know. Yeah, of course it would. Do you know they still do, um phone books as well?
0: What's a phone book?
1: Exactly. They still do phone books. <laughs> I've read this post of the other day on Reddit where someone said they saw a guy, um, like in the middle of the street with a big, big, like, messenger bag on with Argos catalogues in it. Handy out Argos catalogues. The guy must have just been weighed down by this anchor of a thing that was, had like 10 Argos catalogues in it.
0: Why was he giving out Argos catalogues?
1: Obviously, it was just a, a job. I don't know. You know you how know, like when people give out leaflets? I think sure, it wasn't it was...
0: just all the ones he'd accumulated <laughs> over the years. They had no need for. That's
1: 1983 Argos catalog. I don't want it's it. It's a good year. It's the winter one. That's the real one. It's got all the Robocop toys in it. Should bring back Index. Remember that?
0: Index was another uh, catalog store.
1: It was Argos for middle class people.
0: Other other catalog stores are available, and
1: Littlewoods, Littlewoods, yeah, they didn't didn't Littlewoods and Index like combine at some point? Because then it was Littlewoods and Index all in one.
0: Into little X. no, and Inwards, <laughs> Inwards, Inwards and Outwards. I believe they were called.
1: That's getting cut out. <laughs> So that's my Argos story. I don't know what's happened to it. I don't know why. I don't Do you know. have any
0: other catalogue store related tales to tell us?
1: I used to get really excited about going to Index and Argos when I was little. We used, Me and Mum used to go to both. I don't know why. I don't think we ever used to buy much from there. I used to enjoy just like going through the catalogue, seeing all the toys that I won't get. Mm. Being a poor kid is hard. It's
0: kind of weird as a shopping experience because it's basically just an empty room with a catalogue in it and a desk.
1: But the internet's exactly the same.
0: <laughs> the internet is exactly the same.
1: That's <laughs> no. an empty
0: room with a catalogue in I it. I mean,
1: internet shopping is no different from catalogue shopping, except the fact that you've got someone turning the page to the right page for you.
0: <laughs> this is how the internet works. That's yeah. how websites work.
1: Yeah, you've got a little, got a little man in there. Got little the,
0: the, the electronic computer man. Right, Mister Go- Google. Mister Google. It turns, turns, turns the web pages for you. Page.
1: That's why you never have to turn a web page.
0: It just goes oh, on and on.
1: God, I really want to make an extension now for Firefox where you just like <laughs> grab the corner of the page and have to turn it to go to the next pages.
0: Somebody's written like a flash thing that does that. I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, for like making things look like a paper book.
1: But imagine if you could turn the whole internet into that.
0: That would be amazing.
1: <laughs> I want to do it.
0: So what's been happening this week?
1: There's some kind of segue that I don't understand?
0: This, this, this is our news section. Bong.
1: That's more like an overzealous radar and someone hitting a <laughs> gong when a boat appears.
0: <laughs> That's exactly what I was going for, yeah. Okay. So what's been happening this week?
1: Anything? No. No?
0: No news? No. Not really. No news about... A particular strategy game involving
1: gods. Goddess isn't a strategy game. Are you talking about goddess?
0: Should we start this bit again? Okay. (coughs) So, what's been happening this week?
1: Um. Oh, you're referring to Peter Molyneux. I can be doing, if you like. No, you are not.
0: Peter Molyneux? Who's Peter Molyneux?
1: World famous pathological liar. (laughs)
0: Peter Molyneux created. He started up Bullfrog, didn't he, back in the nineties? Yeah. Games company responsible for Syndicate,
1: theme park, Populous, Populous, game, the Theme Hospital, Theme Hospital, Dungeon Dungeon Keeper, Keeper. yeah, Theme Park World, (laughs) lots of Dungeon Keeper games, like Theme Park World.
0: And he then went on to form Lionhead. Magic Carpet. Magic Carpet, yeah.
1: God, that company had some. That's a hell of a discography, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Ridiculous. And then they made. Uh, he went on to to form Lionhead. Yeah. And they made Black and White. And Fable.
1: And Black and White too. And Fable, Fable. two. <laughs> and Fable three. And the movies. The movies. That was great. Movies is a good game. An
0: interesting game.
1: Yeah, the movies is kind of weird because I think the reason why it didn't go so well is because it was it was either one of two things in people's minds. Mm. It was either a replacement for 3D Movie Maker. 3D Movie
0: Maker being a thing where you could push like 3D characters around a scene and kind of make your own movies and things.
1: Yeah, but basically a 3D cartoon maker.
0: Yeah. It was in the same so, series as Creative Writer and all those other yeah. kids, kids Microsoft creative products. So
1: in people's heads, it was either a replacement for 3D Movie Maker or it was a sim game where you controlled a movie studio. In fact, it was neither. It kind of tried to do both, yeah. but only went halfway with them. Well, that was the thing. It, it, you had this sim game but a mediocre sim game a mediocre sim game and a mediocre m- movie maker yes and the thing
0: was that you as as part of the simulation you were encouraged to make the film yourself by yes. by selecting the scenes and putting them together and putting sound effects on them but it was really stupid but but you yeah. you made this movie and you could make it however you liked and that would have no bearing on how well,
1: the movie was received in the game, which made the simulator pointless. But yes. also to make it worse, if you're making the movies not in the sandbox box, but as you were playing the game, you were, you, you could only make movies on sets you built. You could only make movies yeah, with you actors limited, you had, to the technology you had, the you'd unlocked, had. Yeah. the budget you had as well. So you're limited to the stuff that you've only you've unlocked in the game. Hmm. Or the sets you've purchased, yeah. The
0: actors the you've edge. hired, the budget you have.
1: Um. So you can only make really shit
0: movies. So your your creativity was restricted. It didn't. It was actually it was meaningless in the context of the simulation anyway. Like, it didn't matter what your movie looked like, it would still be a movie and still make money. But then on the other hand, you, there was like a mode where you could just make movies mm-hmm. using.
1: All of the sets and all of the technologies and all of the cameras. Yeah. Not and all only of the did effects. you have
0: all of the effects at your disposal, yep. but you could upload your creation to their website.
1: Plus, you could also make your own actors as well. Because normally in the game, you're straight to the actors you had. Mm. But in this, you basically just have a creator sim. Yeah. C- character maker.
0: So that was like a much better creative platform.
1: So with that game, they should have either made a really good simulator. Where you can where you had a movie studio, which would have been fine. Yeah. Or they should have had a really good movie maker, which should have been fine. But they went halfway with both and didn't provide on either of them. But that was pretty much a lionhead thing, wasn't it? it was
0: like it was two it was essentially two games.
1: Yeah, it was two games that two unfinished games, let's be fair. Which were both alright. So with the expansion for the movies, they actually added the ability to change the camera angle. Yes. Which was something that was surprising wasn't in there to begin with. It
0: was it was a stunt it was a stunts expansion.
1: But that that was what the expansion truly added as far as I was concerned.
0: Camera angles.
1: Camera angles. <laughs> Everything else was just who cares. Camera yeah. angles were so necessary. Yeah. It's a good game though. Yeah, except what you did is you picked you picked a scene and then you picked an animation for people to do, and there was only like three action animations. Right. But there was like fist fight <laughs> and then there was stab in the face or whether on the floor. Yeah. And then there was always that one animation where they get up again after being stabbed.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So always... It was like the, the deliberate kind of trope where yeah. the, the bad guy isn't really dead.
1: So every movie you'll see, you're just waiting for that animation to show up.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was literally the climax of every movie that you saw that was made in the movies because yeah. everyone used the same and it and it was like literally the same actions just carried out by different different popular models essentially.
1: So yeah, they only half they half asked it massively. So yeah. Whenever well, by the movies.
0: I don't I wouldn't say they half arsed it. I don't think that's unfair.
1: Well no. They they had this really good base, but just not enough content to justify hmm. what they'd come up with. They wanted to create a they they wanted a creative tool. But there wasn't enough content for it to be creative enough. Mm. This wasn't enough freedom.
0: Well, I don't know. I, there were a hell of a lot of movies made with that thing I and uploaded onto the website, and there was some amazing stuff made with
1: it. And there was just that one. There was just that one movie. Which which one? With the horse. The horse. That was the only good one. It's just this. This is a ridiculous movie once, and it was just this horse going around doing stuff, and now and again <laughs> it would talk. Okay. It would go, I am a horse. <laughs> there's just something really funny about it. It's not funny anymore. Okay. But it was funny at the time. Sounds hilarious. No, yeah. But well, that's the height of the movie. I am a horse. What if that's on YouTube somewhere?
0: Probably. I imagine a lot of those movies, because they took that website down eventually. But I imagine a lot did of they? those movies... Yeah, they did. <sighs> But I imagine a lot of the archive has been moved to YouTube or something.
1: Yeah, it was funny that because you could only upload them as like moths, couldn't you? Yes, yeah. You could like,
0: they were rendered out as <sighs> full motion video.
1: Ridiculous! What a waste of space that is.
0: Well, it was so that you could play them on the on the website directly from the website.
1: A much a much better solution would have been if there was just some sharing mechanism inside the game. Mm. You could just download it from there.
0: I guess, but then you you. But then you'd have to own the game to be able to play them. I think the beauty of it was that people without the game could go and see the movies that people had made.
1: But this is what I was saying: where they wanted to create a creative tool, but there wasn't enough content to justify it. Right. So they should have they should have concentrated on making a creative tool, or concentrated on making a good simulator game.
0: Yeah, it was it was the kind of awkward juxtap- juxtaposition of the two.
1: It had a fantastic UI the simulator aspect I don't know if you remember but all of the the buttons and file menus and stuff like that were replaced by buildings mm. and you'd hover over buildings and the buttons would be like like the, the, the rooms would be written on there yes so there was there wasn't um, a mess of buttons and stuff like in Rokus Tycoon Three, which is a goddamn mess of <laughs> icons. There's like eight hundred thousand icons in that game, and none of them have any text next to them. It's just a clusterfuck of a UI. <laughs> but the, the, the UI in the movie had was, these buildings. Yeah, had, had buildings as replacement for buttons, which I thought was just inspired. I've never seen it since, and I thought it worked very well, because it, it meant that you dragged things, on, like, you dragged actors onto buildings and... Yeah, like I
0: remember, like, you had to drag writers into the writing room, and they produce a script, and you dragged that mm-hmm. onto, I don't know, the, the place where they rehearse it, and mm-hmm. then you dragged that onto the set, and then they film it.
1: But it also meant that you essentially customised your UI, though the layout of your user interface became where you put your buildings. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, made, it, was... it made it feel more tactile and real. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of cool.
0: <laughs> so yeah, Peter Molyneux mm-hmm. was responsible for all of these games.
1: Kind of. I mean, he's a head game designer on most of them. I think things kind of come to a head this week, actually,
0: he, he left uh, Lionhead.
1: Yeah, he left Lionhead, and then... And
0: he set up this uh, studio called 22 Cantons. Mm-hmm. Um. Whose first experimental game was called well, well, Curiosity. Well,
1: funny, he said, he said really early on that 22 cans existed as a vehicle for 22 individual experiments. Mm. Um, Which is a load of marketing bullshit, well, because if, that'll never happen.
0: They've done two so far, so. Two, but
1: maybe, I don't know, only they may, 11, they may have,
0: 11 times more t- <laughs>
1: to go. They may have done other little things, who knows, but, um, yeah, well, a load of gumph. Um, but essentially, the man over promises, talks a lot, doesn't deliver on his promises. Unintentionally, heads. I think, most of the time. He seems
0: to have a knack for being yeah. interviewed and just coming up with stuff on the spot. He is
1: famous for it. At Things
0: this point. that the game that he's working on is supposedly going to include.
1: And then people hold him to it naturally.
0: Well, they, yeah, like you would. Mm hmm. You know, expecting to be making it up on the spot and hoping that it's possible. <laughs> like, not just possible in the time or budget that they have, but physically possible. <laughs> um.
1: So it's 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 meant that he's come up with games where you can do anything, be anything. It'll be a life-changing experience. <laughs> and, I mean, everything's a life-changing experience for Peter Molyneux. But so, it never is,
0: obviously. 22 first project was called Curiosity, and it was uh, a game where you tap a cube to make bits of it fall off. The idea is that everyone who gets the game is that they're all tapping the same giant cube, it's trying to get to the middle of it, because when... nobody knew what was going to be on the inside.
1: When Curiosity came out, it was unplayable, because their servers couldn't handle even a fraction of the load that they got. Yeah, it was so a bit dodgy. You couldn't play
0: it. You'd spend a while like, tapping and then realise that someone else had already removed yeah, all of well, that. well,
1: that's assuming you could connect to the game, because I remember when it loaded up, it would sit there loading, and it would be a pure black cube for a good five minutes before it eventually hit the servers, and you got the data back of where the cube currently sat. Mm. And then... You would be tapping, and suddenly the screen would just go away, and and all crazy things. And when curiosity worked, I was, was fascinated also, by it. I was fascinated, I was fascinated by, fascinated by the, well. the original
0: idea because yeah. they kept they kept quiet about what the the prize was going to be in the middle. But all they said was that one person and only one person would be would be the one to finally break into the middle of this queue. and the prize would be life changing. And the, yeah, the prize that that one person would win would be life changing. Mm -hmm. And so, weeks and months went by. And everybody forgot about Curiosity. People were were chipping off layer after layer of this cube.
1: And then, one day, in Scotland, one 18-year-old boy decided to download Curiosity.
0: (laughs) Hadn't played it before.
1: No. Now, keep in mind, with Curiosity, there was... one tap on the cube. (laughs) There was entire teams dedicated... To breaking curiosity, getting to the middle, and being like like their team had to have one person in it who won. Uh, so there were, there were people what, dedicated sort of like, to doing it. they like teams organized. Yeah, they organized teams to the yeah cube continuously. Yeah, continuously in, in an organized fashion, so they got to it as fast as possible, etc. Um, I don't think this. I don't think this guy won it on the day he downloaded curiosity, but he downloaded curiosity and then like a week later, like just loaded it up again and just happened to hit the centre. I like and... to think
0: that he just made one tap and oh, then it, I'll then I'll it just broke open. Up. That'd be fantastic.
1: But anyway, um apparently it just popped up and said, send this, you've won, um, send an email to this email address. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, okay. And he did do. And I want a video popped up and the video was, is um Peter Molyneux standing in there on a green screen Um was superimposed onto a giant, empty, white cube, or something like something out of the Matrix. So Peter Molyneux is in the middle of the cube. Peter Molyneux is in the middle of the cube, which is a life-changing experience. Wow, that
0: is life-changing.
1: And he, he basically says, we're working on a new game called Goddess, in which you're a god, and you can be anything you like, but whoever wins this cube gets to be the god of gods, and gets to shape the way we make the game, and ga- gains 1% of all... Money we make from Goddess.
0: Wow! So Goddess being their new game.
1: Yeah, that hadn't been announced yet. So it's essentially announced through this video. So that that does sound like a life changing event. You get to become like
0: boss of the new game and earn money. And yeah, and earn like a profit share yeah. from it.
1: He said, I think he said one percent, which is a fair amount. Yeah, think mean, the amount of uh, money that these games turn over. So. Uh... So this was how many years ago? 2 years, Two years ago.
0: ago. So how how is that working out for the the winner of curiosity? Um he's
1: not received a penny. They um, they invited him down to 22Cans to see the game. He played it. It was a really shitty demo. that didn't really work. Um, he got bored of it after about half an hour. They went to the pub. The entire team ostracised him and didn't really talk to him or anything like that. Then he went back to Scotland, and they might have sh- shared the odd couple of email. and then at some point, 22Cans stopped responding to him. Never emailed him back. And he hasn't seen a penny or heard a peep from them since this week, in which Eurogamer did an interview with this kid, who's now in uh, college, mm. um, or in university. He's in university. Okay. And he's um, he's not seen anything from it at all. Um, because it was funny when, when it eventually, when it actually happened, the press was all over it and he was doing a few interviews left, right and centre. Yeah, I can he imagine. Like, oh my god, is the guy who finally got sent to the Cuban. Oh my god, he's going to money and stuff. And 22 cans just le- left him out in the sun. But it wouldn't be he, the
0: first time that Peter Molyneux has not delivered on a promise.
1: But there is saying that in Fable, trees are going to grow in real time. And then the game comes out. And lo and behold, the trees don't grow in real time because it's mm. a silly idea. And there's a difference between that and telling somebody you are going to receive one percent of our profits. Yes, here's a contract. Sign the contract and not delivering on it.
0: Yeah, big difference.
1: Yeah, him not receiving this—it's symbolic mm-hmm. of how all the Kickstarter backers of Goddess feel. Okay, so Goddess was they
0: all they all handed their money over to to support its development so
1: goddess was kickstarted mm-hmm. um said it would be released within 8 months 8 to 9 months which for that type of game as somebody who develops 2D games mm. that aren't that complicated i think is the most fucking ridiculous estimate i've ever heard for a game of that magnitude in my life seems like
0: a very short timescale
1: yeah for a, for a 3D god game built mm-hmm. from the ground up.
0: Yeah. I mean.
1: With multiplayer and the stuff that they were promising. Insane. uh yeah. Just, uh, just, that, that kind of turnaround just doesn't happen. So for a man who's been in the industry 30 years, for him to say that our five man team or however big is on it, I can't imagine that the team on Goddess is that huge, mm-hmm. really. They're a small, they're a small studio. Yeah. For him to say it'll be out in seven to eight months is just insane.
0: But well, that's what he promised.
1: He can't he can't he can't have known that it would take that long. I cannot believe that they sat down and thought, yeah, it would definitely take seven to eight months. Yeah. <laughs> so, um there was a number of things in it. They promised multiplayer, this Hub World thing. Um they promised um big combat. Um Big Combat. <coughs> this is what I mean. They they promised combat. And and lots of other failed promises. And even before the to finish, some cracks were starting to show in these promises, because in particular, one of the things that was a stretch goal that was hit was Linux, Linux port of the game. Mm. The middleware that they're using, um, Marmalade, has no Linux support. Which <laughs> might, annoyed, might be a problem. Which annoyed me because, I mean, as a Linux user, I looked at Marmalade and evaluated it quite some time ago mm. for my own purposes, and it supports everything. But Linux, so I was like, well, forget that then. Mm-hmm. Other than that, Manway looks really good, by the way. <laughs> so. I think if
0: you were seriously targeting Linux as a platform, then you would consider all of the software that you're depending on.
1: Mm-hmm. You would never offer it in the first place. Nah. No, they didn't. They just blindly offered it because that's what all the cool Kickstarter kids are doing. Yeah. Oh, it's fine. We'll do a Linux port, but they couldn't. This they couldn't provide it. anyway. As far as I know, that promise has also disappeared from all of the websites. From Goddess. Um, there's also other things like um an art book is one was one of the backateers that hasn't materialized. Um there's a couple of other things. So the game is so unfinished it's not even funny. There's no multiplayer yet, there's no there's not even any combat. We're two years into development of an eight month development cycle that hasn't even hit the minimum that the gameplay required yeah, to I mean, be considered the game that they promised. You'd think
0: that they, they, they'd have to have, like, the core gameplay in at this point, surely.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, people, a lot of people rallied against, um, um, Space Base DF9, Double Finds, early access game. Oh, yeah. It was supposed to be, like, Dwarf Fortress in Space. They ran out of money for it. But, to their credit, they delivered not the game with the with the, not a feature complete game as in they promised. They didn't promise, they said we would like to have all these features into it. And they didn't mm. get all these features, but the game is complete enough that you could say it achieves the goals that they set out to achieve Yeah. in the okay. first place and ran out of money and then when they realised they were going to run out of money they polished it up. Mm. They didn't leave it in a dead state. Yeah. They, poli- they, they rounded the corners. It was a game. It wasn't it's just a pile of code at game, that point. So I will not I won't say a bad thing about that. They were completely transparent, about the way, because you know that's how games happen. That's how what happens with games. You run out of fucking money. Yeah, Double Fine Adventure, perfectly fine. They got eyes bigger than their belly because mm. when they started that Kickstarter, that Kickstarter was to produce a two D lucasarts Art style pixely adventure game, probably looks, probably to look a lot like Thimbleweed Park looks. Mm. Um with no voice acting or anything, just like, let's make a crazy advenge game. But then obviously they got millions and the scope just became ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. They've they they made they built their own engine, they've got light and stuff going off, they got these three they got these animation systems. They brought in all these expensive artists. They brought in these uh, like Elijah Wood and Jack Black to do voiceovers <laughs> and things like that. It got really crazy. And then halfway through the development they realized shit, we have not got any way to finish it as you do. They release half the game. Yes. And then fund the second half of the game, partly from what they gain from that. And the second half of that yeah. is coming out. that makes sense. So that game over delivers. A lot of indie
0: seem to be doing that at yeah. the moment, like this early access thing. I
1: have a lot of thoughts about early access, but Broken Age is not early access. Broken Age became... It's like episode one. So yeah, it's, it's an episodic adventure game. Which is, yeah, which is different. I mean, I suppose you have different.
0: to do that for an adventure mm-hmm. game. You can't have you can't have, like, an alpha of an adventure game, because you want to play the story through ones.
1: Yeah, so that's why I haven't played part one of Broken Age. Right. And I'm a, I'm a right. backer. I'm actually wearing my double-fine adventure t-shirt. I don't even remember. You are, yes. Yeah. It says backer on the Just back.
0: Say backer on the
1: back. Did you back goddess? Of course not, because I'm not an idiot. <laughs> Yeah, double, double Fine, I felt like I could trust. And um the whole thing's been going on for a long time. And to be honest, the amount I paid for Double Fine, if all I got out of it was the documentary videos that they released throughout the development, it would be worth it. Oh, those, those were really cool. They are fantastic. Hmm. They're really good. And if it was just that, it would be worth it. Yeah. But it's not just that. They're releasing... And have released half of, and are releasing the full half, I think, in a month's time. the A, a full 2D adventure game. Unique. Uh, the polish to to a spit and shine. Mm-hmm. So, not a bad word to say about them. And if people have a bad word to say about them, they don't know how game development works. Yeah. Simply put. now someone else who doesn't know how game development works is Peter Molyneux. <laughs> <laughs> I think
0: that's unfair.
1: I know, but the guy's been doing it for thirty years. He should know
0: better. That's for sure. He's
1: been doing it for thirty years. He's seen projects from start to finish, from little things like theme park and syndicate to to, to technology pushing things like Magic Carpet, to huge sprawling adventures like like Fable, to completely incredible new experiences like like Black and White. Like, he's, he's done everything. He's been round the park and back again. For him to say, we're going to produce a little god game, and it's going to be a bit like Populous, you should know how to do that. Oh, yeah. And know how long yeah. it's going to take, and know how long it's going to, how much it's going to cost you. So, apparently, apparently, he used to make
0: these outrageous claims back in the 90s, like, when he was he being did. interviewed for magazines and stuff. It's just, It just wasn't as... It didn't. It didn't spread across the internet like wildfire in quite quite the same way.
1: No. Um, well, I mean, our expectations for games back then were quite low, anyway. When someone when someone promises great things, you know that the end result is going to be much tempered. I mean, even if you look at like um yeah, bo- box art it, and things like that, trick you into playing. You,
0: you, you knew back then that the technical limitations would mean that. Half the things that they were claiming wouldn't, wouldn't mm-hmm. emerge.
1: So we live in a different world now. No,
0: a lot of these things are possible now. But. Uh, theoretically. Theoretically,
1: yeah. Do you remember Milo? Yes, I remember Milo.
0: Milo was a, a Microsoft project, part of yes. the Connect uh, stuff. And it, it was going to be uh, an AI boy.
1: Well, let's not say what it was going to be. Essentially, they showed off a tech demo. Oh, they showed it running. Basically, they didn't say that this was... I don't think they said it was going to be a pro- a product that was going to release. Okay, it was a, te- a tech demo. Yeah, I think, I think it was like, like look at what we can do with Kinect.
0: Right. It was a, a boy living in your Xbox who, who you could talk to. Is that legal? <laughs> you could talk to and interact with and have conversations with and discuss philosophy and the nature of... universe. Mm
1: -hmm. And Peter Molyneux on camera was saying how it was incredible and understood everything you say and it could say anything and you could play with it as if it was a real child.
0: Like a real boy. And it
1: was um, a complete game changer in terms of AI and it was none of these things. Yeah.
0: Microsoft had cracked it. They cracked AI. It was
1: none of these things. It was right there in front of us.
0: Nope. Virtual intelligence. A lie. It was... Uh, Machine consciousness. It was all Sentited staged. by Microsoft. Oh, it was all staged, it was it? Oh, okay, staged, right. Yeah. Every, none of it was real. None of
1: it was real. Every bit of it was staged. <laughs> but Peter Molyneux said... Yeah, he did say. <laughs> and he was a fucking liar. <laughs> I can't believe that Milo isn't being brought up more. Because that is a... That is an example... Of him not not saying, "Oh, we'd like to do this, or wouldn't this be good?" Mm. is literally him lying. It wasn't naive; it was deceptive. Yes, exactly. It was deceptive. I mean, he he can get away with a lot of stuff by being naive by saying that he wanted to do this, that, and the other, and they just weren't able to the mm. realities of development. And as as developers, we understand that. But there's that and lying. Yeah. About technology that doesn't exist. Imagine if the technology for Milo existed. I suppose you
0: could say, well, maybe Microsoft told him that all this was developed.
1: His studio was producing it.
0: Yeah, I I don't imagine the argument would hold much water. No, it wouldn't. (laughs) Yeah, it's unbelievable. So, yeah, I'm not surprised by this recent news about Goddess, to be honest.
1: In fact, the most impressive thing... I think Molly New's team was done for a long time. Was the room? I don't know if you remember it's that. The room. It was a tech demo that he showed at GDC that never came out, and it was this thing that had like um infinite depth, really, where, where you use like portals, to like change the sizes of things, mm. and uh, and you could manipulate time and space in a very sp- in a very physical way. Oh, okay. and. It wasn't a great deal to it, but it looked very like present. Oh, you'd re- you'd re- you'd remember it if I showed you. This was a long time ago. Okay, this was back in Lionhead's day, I think.
0: So it was it was just like a a, a tech demo of like a physics engine or something. Yeah,
1: but it was a physics engine that supported portals, like things changing sizes and then interacting as they would do, as they change sizes, so you had like an, an... I believe there's quite a popular game by Valve that involves some kind of portals. Pre-portal. Really? Not pre-Prey. Did some of the same tricks Prey did. Hmm.
0: Um. It ruined my joke. <laughs> <laughs> Don't care. Prey, yeah, that was another one with portals.
1: <clears throat> yeah, that was the original Portal game. They were thinking with portals. Prey was in development for about ten years. <laughs>
0: Jeez. Yeah, it was. A, it was like a a remake of a game from the
1: 90s? No, it wasn't a remake. They announced Prey af- just after Duke Nukem 3D came out. That was it, yeah. And so it had just been in development hell for the longest time.
0: Duke Nukem Forever. Only took 13 years. I think
1: they announced Prey before they announced Duke Nukem Forever.
0: <laughs> Always put on Duke.
1: Or not. So yeah, um, all this kind of shit with Molly New came to a head this week. When your gamer article came out, and like I say, it was symbolic of how the guy who won Curiosity, his promises, broken promises, were symbolic of all of the people who backed Goddess. Hmm. And then all that shit came out, and then RPS did, uh, Rock, Paper, Shotgun did an article about how Goddess had missed the mark massively, outla- outlaid every promise, and how hmm. they were missed, where the game sat, and how it basically like it was in development hell. And the current lead developer, um, who was originally a backer, Oh 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 a backer that that was uh, that wanted to make the game better so they invited him in he then worked for free for a year for 22 cans as a game designer and then they hired him right he worked <laughs> for free for a year
0: and he was what he was just the backer that they invited in
1: yeah and now he's the lead designer on the game
0: okay is he, is he still the lead designer on the game yeah okay, okay.
1: So uh, that's like a triumph of game design for Peter Molyneux that he had to get a backer to to come in and save it but um there was like forum posts where this guy basically said oh, i don't think multiplayer's is going to happen it doesn't look good and things like that which is a, a core tenet of the game uh, oh, one of one of the things with this the guy who won curiosity is that um the excuse for why he hasn't been given money yet is that he he they're waiting for the the God of Gods feature to be put in, where you can be God of Gods and influence the game, and then other people can challenge your reign, and then they can become God of Gods. Now they started out by saying, he started out by saying that it could be five, he could be, in, he could be God of Gods for five years or ten years, like it could be a long time, and then put that down to about, oh, it could be six months, but now it's like anybody can challenge him, so he's gonna be God of Gods for about, what, a fucking week or something? Mm hmm. That's really life changing, but it's really strange how they've said that they're accumulating money for like putting money aside, and then what? Gonna give it him in a lump sum? when ha- Why not give it him now? So we're supposed to get one percent of all the revenue. I thought no. It, but but it's weird because they've said that in one in one bit they've said that they they're going to get one percent of revenue for the time that he is the god of gods. <laughs> but then in another part saying that. They've been putting revenue aside for him. Why? Which um, one of these two is true?
0: I imagine they're making it up as they go along. I agree. That seems to be the way that they're doing things.
1: So, yesterday... Well, yesterday, now, not yesterday when the podcast goes out. On Tuesday... Thursday. On Thursday... Tuesday, Thursday. On Thursday... Peter Molyneux... It's Friday today. It's this Friday today, but God knows what day it's going to be when this podcast gets God out. Goddess knows. <laughs> um, so on the Thursday just gone. Molly knew. Molly knew did three interviews. Molly knew what day it was. He did three interviews with three different people. In, e- in each interview, saying that it would be the last interview he does with the press. <laughs> and that he was done with the press. <laughs> so. Th- Three lies, because I very much doubt that the last one he did, where he said it was going to be the last one, is the last one he's going to do.
0: Three interlocking lies. Yeah, it's like a golden triforce of lies.
1: It's a fractal of lies. (laughs) Um, and in particular, paradoxical lie. And well, in particular, one of the interviews done by John Walker. Who's John Walker? He's um, one of the main RPS guys. He's a botherer on Twitter. Okay. He wo- He oh, he writes for Rock, Paper, Shotgun. And his interview, instead of instead of writing out uh, the paragraphs in Speed and all the little answers and stuff like that, he basically just transcribed the whole interview word for word with all the ums and ahs. The guy should have just fucking released the MP3, to be honest with you.
0: Just cut out the middleman completely.
1: In fact, it would have been better if he'd done is that. Just the raw footage of the If he'd have done that, then we could have actually got the tone of the answers properly, rather than rather than make them up in our heads as we read it. Because the thing reads like an all-out attack on Molyneux. Mm. I mean, he didn't to 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 his credit, he asked the hard questions. It's not like the guy was pretty harsh on him. He yeah, he asked the hard questions it's all and no punches. And he tried to hold him accountable, but just just wailed into him verbally. Mm. It needed to happen, but he did it in the most unprofessional way <laughs> I've ever seen in my life.
0: Just rolled up his sleeves.
1: He did, yeah. He might as well just had a it just might as well just had a fist fight. <laughs> and whoever wins is
0: God of Gods. See see that, that would make for a good game Yeah, two people get to the centre of curiosity Only one leaves (laughs) Now, what's going to happen now Is you're going to fight to the death The winner will receive Truly a
1: life-changing experience (laughs) Your life may end You've received a profit share
0: Assuming the game's ever made A percent Yes, an unnamed percentage
1: <laughs> and there's a point in this interview where Peter Molyneux accuses John Walker of trying to push him out of the industry. Okay. Like, like, like it's John Walker's, his whole goal is just to get rid of Molyneux. <laughs> and wow. he, he says, he says, do you think the industry would be better if I weren't in it? And Walker says, it'd be better if you, if your lies weren't in it or something like that. Mm. Oh god, set, you need to read the whole thing. Because he says it's some a bit shit. Thorn, isn't it? And the first question, the first question, the first thing he says is, "Do you think you're a pathological liar?" <laughs> and Molly, <laughs> it's the knew, first
0: question in the interview. Yeah,
1: and Molly's answer is like, <laughs> uh,
0: looks down at his checklist of questions. Yeah. So, are you a pathological <laughs> yeah, liar?
1: It's like that, and 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 then and Molly's like, um "Well, that's um <laughs> like he doesn't know how to answer that. He's never been in an interview where someone's just like." Punched him in the gut with the first answer. I mean, I think the answer is yes. But still, that's a bit... That's a bit harsh. I think the answer's yes as well. <laughs> I don't think he does it intentionally. I think he's a salesman. Is he, though? If he's selling anything, he's selling his own enthusiasm. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with being enthusiastic. I don't think he ever really tries to sell a product. I think he tries to sell dreams. Selling you the dream. Yeah, exactly.
0: Where that dream is a revenue share. I don't know.
1: I think he I think he's a great game designer, but should just never do PR.
0: I think he I think he bit off more than he can chew.
1: I mean I guess Oh he has
0: been doing it for thirty years. I guess when it's when it's the Lionhead team you've got a whole army of mm. talented people And who can,
1: and at one point Microsoft behind you. You can pick
0: up the pieces after you after your tidal yeah. wave of Bullshit.
1: Yeah, that's that's true. People can people can put together a product that somehow resembles what you've come well, up with. But when it's a
0: smaller indie yeah. team, it's another story. Exactly. I think he, I think he bit off more than he Yeah,
1: clearly with twenty-two cans, he was he's PRing as if it was a big studio. Yeah, which is a shame. So um, I can't wait till his next last interview, probably in a week's time or something.
0: Oh yeah, as he's as he's declaring that his next game will involve time travel and cloning dinosaurs.
1: I mean, it's funny how he's, he's... It almost feels like he's so blind to it. He knows what his reputation is. I mean, crazy Twitter accounts and stuff like that that he, that he interacts with himself that are based on the joke that he overpromises and and comes up with bizarre existential shit that doesn't really mean anything.
0: It's a great Twitter account.
1: And yet he continues.
0: He's a molly He
1: continues. He continues, and then, and then is surprised when called out on it. Hmm. Seems weird. I don't like. They live in a different reality, or something. Maybe. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's getting old. Maybe he's
0: merely a, a holographic <laughs> shadow of another, another entity in another universe.
1: Yeah. So, put in mind is a dick. Oh, poor Peter. This whole thing. It's like 30 years of garbage that's finally come out, and we've, ev- everyone has always kind of just thought, ah, crazy Peter Molyneux, we don't really listen to anything he says, but at the end of the day, he's taking, he's taking money off people to produce a product and so under-delivering and over-promising that any moron knows that it's impossible. I think,
0: had Goddess gone better,
1: if goddess had gone we wouldn't minute, be having these conversations. Yes, exactly. It but, wouldn't have been an issue. I mean, but goddess isn't the only problem. That's part of the issue. Like, projects can
0: fail. You know that could yeah. happen to anyone. I mean, I think this is something that Kickstarter backers are only just starting to realize that Kickstarter projects don't always work. You might not see the product at the end of it.
1: In Double Fine Adventures, the only Kickstarter game I've ever backed, and I will never back another game. You'll never back another game. Not on Kickstarter. Why not? Because I have no interest in backing dreams. I will buy products. Are oh, you gonna have a dream come true? Um, <laughs> Sorry, did I break your concentration? Yeah, you did. I mean, I've always felt a bit iffy about it because it's. I've seen, I always saw it as a, as a revenue stream that I potentially might want to take advantage of. But then i realised that I would be seeing it as a revenue stream. And that's exactly what it's become, but it's not what it was originally created for.
0: Huh? Surely it was.
1: No, it was originally set up as a way for projects that could not have happened without, uh, without venture capital funding, but couldn't receive that venture capital funding as another way of getting it. And now lots of companies are using it as a revenue stream, even though they can get That kind of funding from other places. Large studios using it to fund their games, for instance, Mm. when they shouldn't be doing it. Is that bad? Yeah, it's bad. I mean, surely it it just means that more kind of niche things get made. No, because you've got this situation where companies are using it as a way to get money and not be held accountable to publishers. They get to promise. They get to get money before the product is out, and then continue to earn money from that product after it's out by selling it to other people.
0: Right, but when when you back a project, you
1: get the product, right? Only if the product is made. Yeah, this is the kicker.
0: Right, right. So, the, so the, the the Kickstarter target could be met, mm-hmm. at which point you hand your money over, but then it still might not. Emerge,
1: and also these projects also created based on dreams and fantasies, and what's in people's minds, rather than what actually exists.
0: Mm, well, I guess you've got to choose carefully what you back. You've got to make sure that you trust the people who are who are working on it to deliver the goods.
1: So why would they give Peter Money new five hundred grand? <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, so he has been responsible for a lot of. A lot of good games, as we've as we've established.
1: Yeah, but I don't trust him to release the game he says he's going to release. I'll play the games he releases at the end of the day, and I will judge them on their own merit. Mm. But not not with the garbage, he says before. He's been doing it from day one. You should see some of the stuff that he said about Dungeon Keep before that came out. <laughs> Crazy plans that they had for that. Mm. And then it turned out to just be a, a barely controllable RTS game. That has a, a funny theme on it.
0: Dungeon Keeper's an amazing game. What are you talking about? Didn't what was this barely controllable all about?
1: You have some rose-tinted glasses about that. It's not as bad as Dungeon Keeper 2.
0: I, th- I preferred the first one, actually. See, that's
1: what I'm saying. It's not as bad as 2. Right, right.
0: I think one, I mean, 2, which... was, 2 was more or less the same, but when in polygonal 3D.
1: Polygonal 3D and a complete shift in tone. became. They co- ha- it was less... Uh, it be- it became comical instead of a dark comedy. It Became like a clown. Oh, comedy. The first one had its own kind of humor, but it was more dark. Yeah, it, yeah. It was it was a black comedy as opposed to a clown comedy, which is what two turned into.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it just was, had a very quirky sense of humor.
1: Yeah, and like, the visuals are just twisted beyond like beyond anything mm. ever before or since seen. Yeah, you could build
0: a room. That just had a floating eyeball in the middle of it.
1: It's just the way everything was rendered, like, really twisted. And yes. the palette was just so See, I really liked that. I did too. It was really interesting. It's so unique. Mm. And it really added to the whole feel yeah. of it. It was it was dripping with atmosphere. But oh, it's not a very good game. Really? Yeah, I didn't think it played very well. They have things things like where they put, like, the possession gimmick in it. You yeah. Tr- you do that once. And then... Never do it again because it's never useful. The, the the amount of work it must have took to put that in there, and it was probably something where they were just I, I talking about. I prefer to it have changing. it in
0: there than not. Oh,
1: I don't. I don't. I prefer the game be better. I mean, it's again, it coming back to the movies.
0: It's like I would rather have that movie making tool in there than than to not have it. But would it could not- have been better integrated into the gameplay. But I'm glad it was in there, regardless. Would you, would
1: you rather the movie maker tool not be in there and it be a fantastic sim game? Because I would.
0: Yes. This yeah, is I would what I'm saying. That. That's
1: what I'm saying. These games are full of half-assed features that detract from other features because of the work it took to implement them. When instead they should have pushed the button and cut them, cut those features, and made other th- things better. There's always this thing where Bethesda mm. say, or we're not gonna do multiplayer in our games because we'd much rather we have a fantastic single player experience rather than a mediocre single player experience and a mediocre multiplayer experience. And they're so right in that. It doesn't always work
0: like that though, does it? You can't you can't always say, Oh, we won't put this in because then we can definitely spend that effort making something else better.
1: No, it doesn't always work out like that, but you know that if you add a complicated feature, it's going to affect the product overall if you didn't put that feature in you could improve the right, things, but, the but product you never
0: know there. when that feature might be the most amazing thing that that makes the game i think I, I don't know i like the idea of development teams experimenting with new features to see if they to see if they lead anywhere yeah so i'd rather sh- they did that than not
1: so, so so what they should have done is done a proof of concept of possession and then realized it sucked and then forgot about it Instead of fleshing it out and adding each creature with like three or four different abilities <laughs> each that you could control, and
0: there must have been like, a lot of effort gone into that. Exactly.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's different. Like if you compare it to say Doom, you read the Doom Bible and they had all these plans for how the story was going to work and mm. it was going to have loads of dialogue at the start and oh, things yeah. were going to start going crazy. Had basically, Basically, like Doom Three ended up, but. And if you look at the early Doom alphas, the HUD has got like the little RPG elements on it, and and they've got like the the troopers and that starting room that's in the Doom Bible is built in there. And instead of realizing that that wasn't the fun bit, they dropped the feature half done. Yeah, and then improved other stuff instead of and it went from being an
0: RPG to a a completely action based game. Exactly
1: because they knew when to they knew when to quit. On a bad idea, then you when to drop a bad idea.
0: Yeah, you strip strip it down to its core, its core fun.
1: That's a really hard skill to do. Oh yeah, to yeah. know when to say no to a bad idea.
0: Yeah. When to when to chuck out your your ideas.
1: This whole project's where she'll should kill that. your babies, as I say. Obviously, Peter Molyneux has no idea how to kill his babies.
0: Yeah, Peter Molyneux should kill
1: more babies. <laughs> Tomorrow's headline, Peter Molyneux kills babies.
0: Kills more
1: babies. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Ten minutes of Fiona laughing.
1: <laughs> he kills more babies.
0: So, is that everything about Peter Molyneux you want to say? No, I can talk about him for
1: days. Finished on Argos? And mm, Yeah, i finished with Argos forever. You're never going back I'm to never Argos. Never going back to Argos forever.
0: You, you'll be back to Argos. The thing is, you can't avoid using Argos. There'll be a time when you need something like a fan heater or a hairdryer.
1: It's depressingly true though, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. They've got the market sewn up in... They have everything you could ever yeah. need. It's just right there waiting for you. If it's not in Wilco's, it's in Argos.
0: Yep, it's unavoidable be queuing up, punching the dumb touch screen that doesn't
1: work. I want to rip that fucking thing off the wall if I ever go in there again. <laughs> Should we send this podcast to Argos?
0: <laughs> Dear Argos, please listen to this. Ignore the bit about Peter Molyneux.
1: <laughs> P.S. Have this you played Trackmania?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess, uh, I guess that about
1: wraps it up. We we need to get better at finishing podcasts. I
0: thought that was all right. Now we kind of just trail off. Well, what do you want? Like, should we have a song at the end? Let's do a song. Let's do a song.
1: Rainbow drops. Do 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 Rainbow drops. Do
0: Rainbow drops. <laughs> <laughs>